again and welcome to Buddha's teaching. My name is Soti. Before we continue on, I'd like to recap on the third noble truth, the uh, cessation of suffering in chapter in episode 7. Okay, the end of suffering. In order, so from what we have studied so far, in order for us to reach the end of suffering, or the cessation of suffering, which is the third noble truth, there are many factors that we need to understand and we need to realize. Okay. Um, the, the three principles that I have mentioned before in, in previous episodes, the law of impermanence, the impermanence of the body and the mind, right? The body does what the body does. We're not in control of the body. We may be, be, be able to move the body and make body do certain things or perform things. But when it comes to the body itself, how it grows, how it functions without, you know, without us doing anything, how it interact with each other inside, we have no control over. So, and the same goes with the mind. If we, if we don't know what our mind is, then the mind will control us. And again, to recap about the mind, the mind is just memories, right? The mind is just memories that we collect in this lifetime and we continue to collect through the five sense doors. And between the, the, inf the, between the five sense doors, information go through them from the outside world into our mind and the mind check with the memories, right? To make decision and create all and create the uh, emotion, the desire and speech and body function, which we call karma. And as we have seen, the mind is always changing from one thought to the next, based on whatever data we perceive from the outside world through the five sense doors. So between the two, we, come, we have to realize that the body is not mind, and even the mind itself is just an accumulation of thoughts and stuff. It has, it has no solid entity that we can, you know, let's say that it's really us, it's, it's, a, it's a always changing process. And that introduced us into the principle of um, anatta, which is uh, non-self. That's the part that's in the three principles, the uh, impermanence, suffering, and non-self. Those are 
the important principle that a yogi or a meditator need to understand it clearly and realize it within themselves about those three laws in in Buddhism. Okay, so from that we understand now that we have understand how the mind works. Okay, how the minds come to be, and the, so the mind is just a process. The mind is not something that uh, is concrete or solid that we can call it mind. Okay, but for most of the people, people identify themselves with the thought and with the body, and that is a problem. Okay, when we when we identify ourselves with the body, which is always changing you know, um, get sick whenever it wants, we have no control over. Or when we identify ourselves with the mind, with the ego mind, that is always changing, that is interacting, it's just mere information coming from the outside against the memory, and the mind creates this emotion and, uh, and action. If, if people... As long as people keep identifying themselves with these two factors, people will always get caught up in the loop of suffering. It's a never-ending, never-ending loop, which the Buddha calls samsara. When we identify ourselves with this mind, this ego mind, the ego mind is a discriminating mind, right? That that create clinging, create grasping and craving. You know, this is my identify. This is me. This is my body. That's my my opinion. Me, my mind, I, all of that. So as long as people keep identifying themselves the thoughts, right, with the body, people will continue to suffer until the end, without knowing, without understanding that they are more than that. They are more than this mere, uh, you know, physical and, and mental objects that is uh, just at the surface level at the out, outside level or the shell of the real of the real inner eye. So once we start to realize and understand the body and the mind, the realization of this truth is very important for Buddhist students to continue on. Because this is one of the barrier, one is one of the uh, difficult barrier that most people cannot overcome. Okay, once we understand that, once we start to grasp on this teaching, on this, on the truth of the of the impermanence of the body and the mind, then we start. We can start to 
we to learn we can begin the process of letting go of stop identifying ourselves because we have been hab- habitual we have been you know identify ourselves all along up until now you know identify ourselves with our bo- with our body and with our mind so now when we understand that oh, okay the body and the mind is not exactly what we call as the real i it's just an outer shell i that can be useful like the mind can be useful as a good tool for living on this planet to survive but that's all there is to it so once we understand this truth of the material world of the physical world we can start the process of changing the process of understanding and we can start by learning how to let go of this identification with with the impermanent object with the impermanent thought that we have been used to okay because the suit and the more we do the more we realize that okay we 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 start to feel lighter we start to feel to have less weight less burden on our shoulder there's there's a there's a changing inside once we start to let go of this identification right about we start to feel more relaxed not too much um you know uh uh fussing and fighting or you know um or defending the ego because before when we identify ourselves with the body and the and the mind it's that's ego and the ego you know really you know defend itself very strong very strongly and we identify as we've been identify ourselves with the ego and that's why we have so much problem so much issue in life so now once we realize that we let that go and of course nobody can do it right away you know with a snap of finger because it's it's been a habit for our entire life it take training it take practice okay to to reduce this identification of the in, of the physical world of the material world of the of the uh, mind identification that's related to the the world that the thought process that we've been having you know the thinking the opinion and the emotion and all that stuff once we reduce it and we keep reducing it and at one point when we can get to a point that we can stop at, at this identification then that's when a that's when the person become liberated it means they have they are no longer um identify themselves with just the body and the physical mind or the ego mind 
because now they understand there's more to themselves than just the physical body and the physical mind right so all of this here has to be understand has to be understood and and realized by the yogi or by by the practitioner or by the meditator okay so meditation plays a major role in this you know in this understanding samadhi is one of one of the way that yogis or meditators practice to to have the mind become focused because the mind the ego mind is really good at jumping from one thought to another um so samadhi is a meditation training that uh the yogi learn to 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 bring the focus of the mind to 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 make the mind calm calm down to 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 a a peaceful level that the mind won't jump around anymore okay and then also once the yogi can bring down the mind can calm the mind down there's also a different um meditation that called vipassana meditation vipassana meditation teach the yogi to observe the mind when the mind you know the mind is has been always you know jumping around then at the same time this this samadhi and vipassana sometimes this interchange between from one to to the other right because vipassana teach us to observe this mind thought that keep coming up and then if you you just watch it and then the mind pass away this one this is one way to confirm to prove to us that everything is impermanent you know the mind is impermanent come and go and all the different sensation that arise in the in the yogi's body in the yogi's um form during meditation the yogi or the meditator will see the different sensation in the body that arise and then pass away and that is the great realization and it's a great confirmation okay of of the law of impermanence okay and it and depending on each yogi depending on each person some yogi there there are many there are many level of uh, realization that a yogi can reach not everybody reach the same level or this having the same um realization but at one point or or another a lot of yogis have come who have have been have been able to bring their their focus um to become very sharp okay the focus of the mind and the mind after for a lot of people after many times of practice 
and the mind becomes calm and become focused. Okay, and becomes um, what we call a one-pointedness um, mind. That the mind now is still, the mind now is uh, at peace. Right? So that is something that the yogi uh, will come to realize at one point in time. Okay. So at that moment, from experience, okay, so this is through experience, through personal experience, okay, of, of yogis. When yogis reach this level, okay, when, 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 when the mind becomes very sharp, very focused, and then the yogi will realize that the yogi is going beyond the body and the mind. At one point, the body is no longer there. And also, the mind it is no longer there. Everything becomes quiet and peaceful. And the yogi, all of a sudden, is just there, consciously. Consciously of being. But there's no body and there is no mind. Okay, and so this is the state of mind that we as a yogi, we cannot, you know, long for that kind of state of mind because desire will never get us to that point. Okay, it has to happen by itself. When the condition is right, okay, when we put in the right effort and just, you know, accept everything as it as is. And we just do whatever that we think is, you know, normally that we do. Just meditate, just practice and watch our breath. And that's all there is to it. There's we're not trying to attain anything, okay, to achieve anything. We're just becoming ourselves. We're just becoming who we are by just listening to what's going on inside of us. That's, that's what it means by going inside. Okay, so... Once a yogi gets to that state, the body and the mind is no longer there. But yet, the yogi is fully aware. Is fully aware. Is fully conscious. Okay. This is the state of consciousness that present, that really present who we truly are. We are pure consciousness. But this consciousness is inside all of us. This is our inner nature that is that most people cannot reach because people are too busy identifying themselves with a different emotion, a different feeling, 
and you know with the outside what they call outside um, reality the outside uh, distraction right all the commotion outside so while as long as people get caught up in all the stuff outside people will never get in touch with the inside and the innermost side which is this pure consciousness is who we truly are and this pure consciousness has no form it just is this is the consciousness that connects us all this is the consciousness that connects us to the entire cosmos to the entire universe so another word every single living being animals insects included they all have consciousness within themselves and it's all connected to one cosmos to one universe the problem is all of the living beings do not realize that they live with the physical world and because of that people live in suffering so for a yogi or for a practitioner who is able to re- to realize this far is a truly blessed being who can understand who he or sh- she really is okay so this is the concept of oneness okay that we are all one because we are pure consciousness connected together to the universe every time that we every night we go to sleep that's how our consciousness get a recharge when we go to sleep what does our consciousness do it's con- it connects with the moon with the sun with the universe it got a recharge that way without us knowing see this this is one amazing thing that is that there's no there's no other per, uh, no not other religion or any other teaching anywhere except in buddhism buddha has discovered this okay that we are all connected but just i just like to reiterate it the the state of mind of this one pointedness the sharpest focus is a state of mind that we cannot you know desire for but we do have to practice we have to learn to purify and to calm our mind and once we get all the impurity out of the way it is there we don't have to go after it it's it is there it's already there we just have to sweep away 
the stuff that is in front of it and let it shine and let and let it come through and so once a yogi experienced that truth for himself or herself and the yogi becomes a truly enlightened being it's the realization that no one can take it away from them because it's the truth it's the truth that they realize for themselves okay and once they realize that all enlightened beings has the same um, what we call the same path they all walk and practice the Eightfold Noble Path the path that is true that is correct that is the only path that all enlightened beings walk so at least right now we have the concept of of this realization so this concept is just like um, it's just like a seed that now we have received okay now you have received the seed of being able to be to liberate yourself whether the seed will grow or not it's up to you how much you want to fertilize it or you just want to keep the seed there without doing anything this depends on individuals okay how much you want to nurture it and there's no need to push no need to shove okay just do the best which is we call right effort that is one of the uh, path in the eightfold noble path right effort so this consciousness this pure consciousness that is connected what is it right what is this consciousness this consciousness is something is that we can't really use any word to to it's, it's beyond it's beyond words okay so conscious but consciousness is all we can say is con consciousness is the knowing and but there is no there's nobody to know it's just consciousness is is the knowing and the knowing is all inclusive it's not exclusive just you or me you know i anything it's all in one this consciousness or the knowing is the deepest level of energy it's the connected energy okay and this consciousness here is with us right now 
as we breathe or as our body breathes. When we go to sleep, the consciousness is there, but it's laying very low at a very subconscious level that we are not aware of. Okay. Here's one practice that you can practice if you can do. Before you go to sleep, watch your breath and just let, let the body relax and let your mind relax and let it go to sleep. But you watch it. You watch it go to, to sleep. Watch it go to relax. And you will notice at one point, if you are lucky enough to get to this, to this uh, observation stat state, okay, that all of a sudden you can feel the, it's like a, it's like a, a balloon that it got depressurized, right? Go pew, go down, right? You can see that the body goes to relax. It just pew, go down. And the mind too. The mind just pew, it's just like all the pressure goes, goes away. Everything is just stop functioning. And at that point, the body takes over and it just does what it does. Does the breathing by itself, right? Does whatever it needs by itself. But you're conscious. This is one amazing thing, okay? I, not, not many people are able to do this, okay? But this is the state that I'm describing to you at this point, you're no longer the body. The body now is relaxing, go to sleep. And you're no longer the mind. The mind also is resting. There's no more thought. But there you are, conscious and aware. Okay, that is you. That is the true you. And that consciousness reside in a way that consciousness is there with the body and the body does its thing okay this consciousness now this consciousness carries something has something with it our, our lowest level our deepest level of consciousness does carry something it carries karmic memories, okay? This is why sometimes we have dream when we go to sleep because there are, there's a different level of energy that, you know, projecting in the memory that, you know, make us have dream. But our, deep, but our deepest level of consciousness carry karmic memories with it okay so karma is our action right good or bad doesn't matter it's called karma both good and bad but karma we can in buddhism karma is divided into three levels and we the buddha have compared this to 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 like this like 
if you draw a line by the by the beach on the beach you know next to the wave when the wave come in and out in and out you draw a line that's the karma but when then the wave come in when the wave goes back out the line is gone so that that is called a surface level karma that karma doesn't stay with us very long you know it's a one two day things or a week or something okay there's another karma okay if you take a piece of rock and you push hard onto another piece of rock and you just go you know, draw a line right that is the second level karma okay so that karma depending on how how strong you push it onto the another piece of rock it can stay there for months or can stay there for years right so that karma is a second level karma okay and it comes sometime it can stay there for you know a decade before the line is erased by the uh, you know the, the the act of nature by the wind and dust and all that stuff now the third level of karma let's say you have a chisel and you make a line through the rock with that chisel and hammer you chisel through the rock and make a deep line that karma stay there that karma stay there okay and this karma is the karmic level of karma that goes with uh, deepest level of consciousness that karma does not get erased very easily that karma stay there in a consciousness so what kind of karma is that that is deep like the inner rock karma such as killing okay that's why that's one of the precepts anatepata thou shalt not kill that's the very first precept karmas like that stay with us for a long 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 time and there are many more but that is just one one example right so the three levels of karma so the deepest level of karma stay with our consciousness because it deepens it it gets so deep it get it has its impression on the consciousness on the deepest level of consciousness this conscious this deepest level of consciousness or energy that stay that is with us this is what happened when we die okay when we die this okay i'm gonna describe to you the process of rebirth and what happened when we die uh, on the very last breath the, when we took the last breath after that the consciousness reached reach a state of the, the dying state right at the dying state the 
the, the dying consciousness because the consciousness is just going just like right now the consciousness is going from one from one moment to one moment from one moment to one moment right this consciousness that we that is keeping us alive right now okay the deepest level is called Okay, is a chitta is a mind, but chitta has many different levels. Oh, um, just like I said, the mind has many different levels, or sometimes we call consciousness. The deepest level of our consciousness is called Pavankachita. Pavankachita is the deepest level of mind, of consciousness, that keep us living right now, okay, from one moment to the next. That is what it's doing right now. The mind that is called, we can also call it the living mind, right? It goes from one moment to the next moment, and very fast, it keeps going, boom, 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 inside. This mind is connected. It is so this con this conscious this deepest level of consciousness that go boom 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 inside us right now. This level is connected to the entire universe. This conscious is this deepest level of consciousness without us knowing. This is like a, the most subtle, the mo deepest level of energy. Okay, that is the energy. It's a different kind of energy. It's like a, it's. We can call it is a, a, uh, a mind energy. It's not a material energy. So this this level of consciousness, the Pavanka Chitta, keep us going from one moment to the next. Boom, 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 boom. But it goes very fast. Okay. So at the end of the physical life. Okay. At the very end, okay, it's called the 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 death chitta, okay, the final the final chitta of this physical body, boom, and then the next chitta come. It's the next life, right? Because it 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 doesn't, it just doesn't stop, you know the 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 final chitta, the death chitta, it just doesn't stop. Why is that? It is because of desire. We all human beings desire to live. That's where the important point is. That's that's what Buddha discovered. All beings desire to live. Okay. Because of this at the very last at the very last breath, the very last Pavankichita, boom boom at the end, the very last, the, the dying chitta, boom. But the desire kicks in again. Okay. The desire kicks in. So the next Pavankichita takes place. It's so there's a linkage from the last from the last chitta, the, the death chitta, 
and the new chitta, the new, the, the linkage chitta of, or rebirth chitta. Okay, so this chitta just, and the, the bridge from the death chitta to the rebirth chitta is caused by desire. The desire is a, a energy that connects, okay, that connects the death chitta to the rebirth chitta and a new, and we take birth in the new form. So during that gap, the very first, the, the, at the very last breath, right, I mean the last chitta, right, the death chitta, that is when we go back. This is when our consciousness presents itself to all of us. Whether whether we whether people have been living their entire life without have without ever have access to their deepest consciousness, this moment will come and they will come to see this consciousness. They will come to this point. Everybody will come to this point. Okay. The enlightened yogi or the regular normal being or living being at the when the death chitta happened, everybody come to this point. This is when the in the book of death the Book of the Dead in the Tibetan Buddhism has described the process of the process during this time. At this time, the big bright light shows up, right? This is who we are. The big bright light consciousness show up. But for the untrained mind, okay, for the untrained mind, ordinary people, when this uh, happens, they get scared. They get scared. They try to, at that time, the consciousness, well, there's no time at that point. The consciousness is trying to find way to, to take, to, 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 to grab on, try to find things to grab on, okay? Because they're scared at that point. And when they grab on, that's rebirth, that's desire. Right there, okay, and then boom, there's connection. Rebirth happens. So how does one connect to what place? To what? To what? To what? To what is it? From the death chitta, how does one connect to the next rebirth chitta? One connect to the, the rebirth chitta according to the karma. All right, so. At this point, the karma takes over. So the karmic memory that is embedded in our deepest level of consciousness at this time will take over and dictate at whatever karmic result, karmic fruit shows up at that point in time, at that flash of consciousness at that point. That karmic fruit will give everyone the next life according to that karmic result. 
the karmic fruit that shows up at that point in time. So once that karmic, once that that happens, the reeling happens. The reeling happens once takes rebirth. In whatever form, depending on the karmic fruit that shows up at that point. For enlightened being, enlightened being who had trained mind, who had understand the consciousness, the deepest level of consciousness already, they realize this ahead of time, this process. They know this consciousness ahead of time. So when that happens, they're not scared. They're not going crazy. And they know that, oh, if they cannot allow desire to happen at this time. So this is the this is the point when they break away, that they don't want to they don't take rebirth anymore. Because this is when, because their mind has been trained not to attach, so now the mind becomes just peaceful consciousness and radiant all the time. But the mind at that time, the consciousness at that time, does not take rebirth into the physical form anymore. That's nirvana. But for most people, they take rebirth. Okay, so when they grab, take rebirth into physical form, and then they go through samsara again. Okay, so most beings grab on to different things depending on the karmic fruit that show up at that time. So the karmic fruit will give rebirth to beings in different in different realms according to the karmic energy that shows up at that time. The four different realms are the hell realm. Okay? If 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 the karmic fruit at that time shows up, you know, with something that is really bad in, in the consciousness and the karmic fruit happened to come up at that time and take rebirth, that being will take rebirth in the hell realm. That's one realm. The next one is animal realms. Okay? So we have hell realm, animal realms, and the next one is the human realm, the human and deva realm. And this realm, the being takes birth, takes rebirth, as human or as uh, deva or angels. This realm is the uh, realm of, of a being who at the, at, at, the, uh, at, at the time of transition, this is, a, this is a result of the good deed karma. Okay. The good deed karma result in human or in angel realm. And the last realm, the fourth realm, is the realm of Brahma. The Brahma of high, they are a higher state of being. And these are the realm that where the awakened one will take 
uh, re take rebirth. The awakened ones are the ones who, who also have attained certain realization in the teaching, but they, have, they still have yet to go. To, to to let go of the of the their kile or desire that they have left over and they cannot get rid of it while they were alive so they continue on to the brahma realm to finish off their karma at that in that realm see so those those are the four realms that beings takes rebirth in and once you take rebirth, that seed that provides rebirth, so, so that energy seed, right, the consciousness seed, with that karmic um, effect embedded with it, takes rebirth in the, in the womb. So it's already programmed. That seed has a program, has a predestined okay for the entire next life that seed that takes rebirth in the womb has a pre-programmed um, so we can call it uh, like a destiny right for the entire next life if if you take birth in the hell realm you'll be there for as a hellish person, or I mean being, in that realm for its entire life. If if a being takes birth as animal, they will be serving their animal life for the entire life. And the same goes to human, angel, and Brahma. And once we once we take rebirth. We go through this again. The hell being go through whatever happened in hell. Okay, to 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 serve the 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 the, the karma that is the seed that is the seed that is being planted in the relink chitta. The animal. If you're born as animal, then you go to serve that animal sentence. It's like a sentence, but and there there's no escape until the end of of each life. But for human realm, or angel realm and Brahma realm, there are opportunity because the human realm, or an angel realm, okay, is one realm, and the Brahma realm is one realm. These two realms are the result of good deed karma so these two realms has the opportunity of liberating themselves while they are serving their previous karma during that lifetime if they don't wake up then they will continue in the samsara life death life death over and over again never ending story that's how the Buddha is, that's what the, that's how the Buddha discovered. That's what the Buddha discovered during his second enlightenment. And with that, when there is life, then things continue. That's what the that's when the twelveling of 
interdependent origination comes about. Then the Buddha discovered, oh, because if we not, if we don't are not aware of this, which is the Buddha call ignorance, then this, ah, uh, then there's rebirth, and once you have rebirth, we all have to go through all this sickness, aging, you know, aging, sickness, and death, and all this stuff that go through that every every being has to go through. In, in 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 that life for the entire time until it's over and to repeat again according to the new de- to the leftover desire and then the karmic uh, and then the karmic fruit come up during the the, the last the, the death cheetah and you know consciousness arise and everything start over again. Man, there's a lot to it, right? So, I hope you, uh, you know, get something out of this, you know, and it's something to really dig into. So, next time we'll probably talk about the twelve links of the interdependent origination that the Buddha had discovered. Okay, so this is one amazing journey. If you get to this far, I'm I'm pretty sure you know it's probably wow, you know, but yes, study more you know, and um, there's a lot to uh, a lot to learn, and all of this that I've, I've talked so far is is all in the the third Buddhist canon called the Abhidhamma. Okay, uh, I hope you got something out of it. Alright, I um, wish you all the best, and you have a good day. Alright, bye.